Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Patty Preston Fitness in Wakefield, Virginia, the woman herself, Patty Preston. Thanks for being with us. Hey, how are you? I am doing great. Pumped to have you on our little uh, pre, pre-recording chat. Got me all jacked up here. So let's jump into it. Your name is on it. So this is going to mean a lot to you. What's Patty Preston Fitness all about? Yeah. Um, so Patty Preston Fitness is just a gym. Um, I think of it more as a community. So we are about 100 clients, mostly women, about 95% women. Uh, we coach functional fitness, mostly personal training groups, a little bit of open gym and a little bit of remote coaching. Um, that's, that's pretty much what we are. Awesome. All right. So we'll get more into what you're doing and, and dive into some of those topics, but I need to give the audience some background. So what's the history? You've been in business for uh, about five-ish years now, depending on how we quantify it. But what's the backstory? How did you decide that you wanted to coach? How did that lead into owning a business with your name yeah. on it? Yeah. So um, it, it kind of, it started as a hobby. I was overweight. Um, I was mentally and physically not feeling well. I live in a community um, in Wakefield that did not have another gym. Um, there is another gym about eight miles down the road. It had a lot of equipment, but no coaches, nobody in there. You know, I, I joined that gym, would walk on treadmill forever and get no results. Um, so I actually mentored under another coach for about six months um, for free and kind of develop my skills. I knew I had people skills. I didn't have the knowledge of the fitness as far as functionality and form and all of those kind of good things. Um, after six months, I started paying or charging for clients. I moved into a, that other gym. Um, my first Saturday coaching, one young lady showed up. Um, she did not speak English. She didn't come back the next Saturday. Nobody showed up. Um, I called my spouse at the time and was like crying because nobody showed up. And the next weekend, 13 ladies showed up. Um, I'm in my fourth building, um, Patty Preston Fitness. I went from a 500 square foot room, carpeted room with my first gym in my friend's law office um, to now a 2000 square foot building with a day uh, daycare, not a daycare, but a playroom, a shower, AC, which is huge for us, um, and uh, heat. So um, it's it's one of those things that happened in life when I was growing up. I was a teen mom in high school. I uh, started working in corporate America at 20. I had my kids really young. Um, they were starting to not hang out with me. So it kind of started as not being healthy, healthy and empty nest syndrome. Um, so I didn't even think it would turn into this or a business. Like I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have investors. I had nobody telling me do this or do that. Um, I have fallen and scratched my knees a couple of times in this gym, but I haven't broke my leg. So it's been um, definitely organic and not planned. It just, it just happened. Man, that, that, yeah, that's an awesome story. And I'm sure we could probably spend hours digging into yeah. all the side things, but um, scope of what we can do here, um, your, your growth over the years up to, you know, roughly around hundred clients, What's worked best for you? What's brought the most people through your doors? You're in a small town, you know, under a thousand people. Uh, so, you know, it, if things go bad, they can go badly quick. 
But if they go well, you know, you can end up with a good client base. So what would you attribute that to being able to, you know, be where you are for clients? I think the biggest thing for me in Patty Preston Fitness is communication, uh, relationship buildings. Um, I think you can have one of the best coaches, best gyms out there, but if you don't treat your people well, eventually that's going to catch up to you. Um, for me, one of the first things I did, and I didn't even realize this until afterwards, which happens a lot in my life, I do things and I'm like, oh, that was a great idea. Um, I actually coached some gentlemen, I coached one gentleman that was in our local uh, sheriff's department, and I coached him at a very reduced rate. I knew he was on the streets, I knew he was at 7-Eleven, I knew people would see him, you know, so I helped him get results, and he was kind of one of my billboards, and then once I had people having results and feeling better. And when people do things that feel good, you know, shopping at a, a store or a restaurant or something, they're going to tell other people. So it was really just about doing the right thing, treating people well, communicating with them and building relationships more than um, buying equipment, if that makes sense. So that was kind of, that's kind of how it started and, and was able to bring people in. So it's, it's, it, the marketing plan, so to speak, was let's just care about people as immensely as possible, get them the best results that we can and let that kind of spread organically through the town, through the way, you know, that small towns have a unique way of doing. Yeah. Because people didn't, I mean, when I started working out, they were like, oh, Patty's working out, Patty's coaching. What makes her a coach? You know, it took me two years of grinding and working hard, being the only coach. I didn't employ anybody for the first two years, 5 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., four or five days a week. It took two years to pay, you know, for people to say, oh, Patty has a gym and she actually knows what she's talking about. Because let's be honest, when you first do things, you got to kind of, I hate this term, but you fake it until you make it. It was a lot of faking, <laughs> just making sure you didn't hurt anybody, right? Um, and not that that would happen, but you know, it, it, was, it, it takes time, unfortunately, time to... All right. So you, you build this thing up, it's blood, sweat, and tears. It's, it's grind. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're in business, uh, a couple of years officially and then COVID hit. So where are your membership numbers and makeup now versus COVID? Like, you know, we, we have a lot of people that are like, I've recovered to my pre COVID numbers, but it's a lot of different people. So how did COVID affect you in that way? And, and where do you stand now? Yeah. So three weeks prior to the governor shutting us down and I shut down a week before that, um, I've just moved into this 2000 square foot building. I took on 34 new clients in two weeks. I mean, I was at the prime of my existence as Patty Preston Fitness. I mean, we were rolling. We did a fundraiser the weekend before COVID shut us down and raised $4,000. Um, I mean, we just, I was at the top, right? I mean, or, or I thought at the top, I was finally seeing the top of the hill, right? Um, so I shut my doors with 140 clients. I have about 100 now. Um, a, a little bit of different clients now, like you said, that I do have a different clientele. Uh, I'd say about 20% of, of the clients are different now than they were before. Um, I shut down. I honestly, like most of us, didn't know what to do. I went to my mentor. I looked to see what other organizations were doing. The second day I closed out, I messaged all of my guys on social media because I have a Facebook site for my members and say, come get equipment. I literally gave away all my equipment. I didn't charge for the equipment. 
I just gave it away. And people were like, well, what did you give away? And I'm like, I don't know, everything I had. Um, I did, I know, looking back was like, yeah, you know, whatever. Um, I would say probably about 70% of my clients still paid whatever their rates were, personal training, open gym. I didn't have remote back then. I got on Facebook, I did two videos every day. Every morning I would get up, record the workout of the day. I would do the workouts with like odd stuff, kitchen chair, ottoman, uh, water bottles, soup cans. Like I would pick anything because I wanted to relate to them. The second post when I got one, I would do talk about wellness, mental wellness. You know, how are you doing? You know, are you getting up and making your bed? Are you drinking water? Are you self-talk affirmations? Like I did that for two months. Um, and then I opened the doors back up, but we had to work out outside. So we moved equipment outside and we worked out for about a month in June um, and then transitioned back into the building. Okay. So a couple of things that you talked about there were you didn't have remote at the time. And that's something that you have now. And then, and having these conversations with well, uh, about wellness, about personal care. Um, I know you have some wellness services uh, at the gym now. Did that exist then? Or did both of these come kind of spring out of the COVID closure? So I actually called it nutrition coaching prior to COVID. Um, and I have a certification in nutrition coaching. But what I realized during COVID is it really isn't about nutrition. It's more about wellness. It's your whole body. It's, it's everything. So I rebranded it during COVID because when my perception is if people, if you promote nutrition coaching, people are thinking you're just going to talk about food and people want you to tell them what to eat. I'm not telling people what to eat. It's, it's everything. So it kind of was already in existence prior to COVID, but I rebranded it and, and just made it look a little bit different picture, box, gift, you know, kind of than it did before. Okay. And that's something that currently you have, it's an a la carte service and you have a, a coach who handles most of that for you. You're not the person who has to facilitate it. Nope. So we actually, I created a Google text number and all of my clients uh, know this, her and I both have access to it. So it's actually a client that came to me. She actually messaged me for two years on social media and kept asking me about the gym. And finally, I was like, either you join this gym or you don't join this gym. I don't know what else to tell you. Then she's two weeks into personal training and I have my clients track their food. And she says, I can't track my food. This is too hard. And I say, stop being a quitter. I knew I could say this to her. I said, if you can post on social media, you can log your food. And now she works for me. She's one of the, my best coaches, best clients. I mean, her transformation was tremendous, but I saw her um, people skills. I knew that she had the, the meat and potatoes behind it, lack of a better term for nutrition, that I could yep. teach the other things. So people just need accountability, accountability with a loving heart and grace and communication and follow-up. Um, and I could, I had taken on so many clients, I couldn't handle it on my own. So I just brought her here in and she kind of shadowed me for a couple months on that Google text number. And then she now works for me. Amazing. Amazing. And so I want to touch on how most of your, your staff are homegrown talent, but, um, the online, the remote coaching, did that start because of COVID? Did it start after you were back? And, and how have you built that out? Because it's it's a significant portion of your business now. It's uh, and something that you're very hands-on with the execution of. So give us a story on that. 
Yeah, so it happened during COVID. Um, and then when I opened back up, I actually didn't do it for a couple of weeks. And then I had people asking, like, you know, because I'm like, well, I'm open, you can just come back in. You know, and COVID's been really different. There's a lot of view, viewpoints, there's a lot of beliefs, and not, you know, everybody's the same. And some people didn't want to come back in, but they wanted that that connection. They wanted that uh, communication if that if that's if that's where I'm going with that. But so then when I brought it back, I actually just did an app and posted the workouts. But then I would have people message me and say, well, how do you do this? And how do you do that? Or I'd have people pay and not do it. So then I started recording the workout. So it solely started because of COVID. And so I could reach more people. And some of those remote people have actually transitioned into the gym as well. Yep. Very cool. Okay. So back to the topic of your staff. Most of your staff currently are people who have been clients. I, sometimes I, I call them former clients, but generally they stay working out and participating in the community too. So they started as clients and their staff. And that's something that comes up all the time. And most of our interviews are in the micro gym space. Um, and people are always saying, I don't know where to get good talent. Where do I look? And there are websites and job boards and you can go to your local college and university and things like that. But the first place I usually go or, or will ask is like, what about people that are under your nose? So how did you figure out that this was a good source of, you know, your best staff? How have you kind of put practices in place to, to keep taking advantage of that, the people who are already there and in your ecosystem? So it's one of the things I've always built or believed in, um, especially my corporate America background, is that there's certain skills you can't teach people, right? But if you have that, if you have that or or that communication style where people listen to you and your your communication's good and and you connect with people because some people just connect with people differently, right? So you can go to college and I've had coaches in here that have higher certifications than I do, multiple certifications, and they're just not great at people skills. I think that's one thing that's hard to, to teach, right? So I had brought some coaches in that did not organically grow in me, grow into the Patty Preston Fitness and I always look at things that I don't like and how, why do I not like them? And, and if they're broken, how can I fix them working from the back forward? So I can teach someone if they're willing to mentor underneath me for a while, the fitness piece of it, the functional fitness piece, the mobility, the stretching, the programming, you can teach those things. It's the people skills that are really hard. Plus who better to sell your business than someone that you've already helped become successful. They're sharing your, they're sharing your story. They're sharing that they love the gym. They're telling their people at Christmas at the kitchen table. They're telling their friends at work. They're having the conversations when people notice their, their outsides look different, you know, and then once they start talking, so they're basically, you've already invested in that person. Why not go ahead and do more? And I've had, I've had clients that, um, that I thought were ready to coach, mentored under me for a while, ended up not coaching. Um, I had two before COVID and then after COVID came back, they're still members, but they were like, eh, I just don't love it. I just don't want to do it, but I still want to stay in the gym. And I'm like, no problem at all, dude. Like you do what's best for you. I, I just want to help you give you a piece of the pie. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those things where if you keep, if you keep everything to where it's like, Hey, whether it's a coach or a client, um, you know, I, I always like to steal other people's cliches because a lot of smarter people than me out there. Um, if you love people on the way out the same way you do on the way in, whether it be to a client who cancels, who, 
you may do everything you can to help and they go try something else. They might find their way back. They might not. They might tell people good things about you, but they're probably not going to be mad at you. If you see them at the grocery store, they're not going to throw a rotten tomato. The same thing can go for coaching. Like you can get, you know, people get so hyped up on the idea. I really want to coach. I really want to, I have these three hours a week. I can do it. And then if there's not open communication and if you don't have a history of it, if they have a life change, something happens, they're like, oh, man, I really don't want to do this anymore. But, you know, I don't want to let I don't want to let, you know, Dom down or let Patty down or whatever. And then it's like it can it can cause a little bit of animosity. But if people know like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. All right, cool. Like for how when do you want to stop today, tomorrow, next week? Let me know what I have to do. And then maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll say, but you know what? you know, Judy or Bob was asking me about coaching. Maybe you want to go tap them on the shoulder. So I think how you handle those things can really come back to you, you know, exponentially and also just probably make you feel better when you look yourself in the mirror. Yeah, for sure. And coaching's hard, right? It's not about telling people how to squat properly or how to bench press or how to use a machine. It's, it's peopling and peopling's hard. You take on a lot and sometimes it's exhausting and it's a very, it's very hard for that work-life balance sometimes. And it's a commitment to someone else. And it's like you said, it's, it's you know, I have, I have people, cause I do post a lot on social media, my personal fitness, as well as the gym. And I have people that live in other towns that say, I went to the gym today because of you. And I'm like, why don't you, why don't you sign up for my remote workouts? I mean, I can't say that, right. I won't be, you know, I want everybody to come to me. You can't, but it's, it's planting those seeds. It's planting seeds to eventually, hopefully they'll bloom for me. And sometimes they don't, but that's okay. For sure. For sure. All right. Two more big topics I want to hit. One is you mentioned the amenities uh, that you have in your facility. Now you have kids playroom. You made sure to have good climate control, heat and AC. You have showers. When it came to build out to finding the facility that you were going to do, was it just over the evolution of the different places you had been that you were like, all right, when we do this, like, I'm not going to go to another space if I don't have all three of these things, or, you know, did you happen to be able to, you know, there were two that were non-negotiable and you happen to get the third. How did that work out? Because they're all great things to have. And I think everybody's listening and doesn't have, it's going to be jealous, but how did that work out for you? This is such a great story. I um, took up running like nine years ago and I would run this road where this building is. And I saw this building constantly. Um, actually through my bank, they set me up with a women's networking business mentor. And I actually went and met with someone because I was renting buildings, I didn't own them. And they were like, you know, should I buy something? Should I not buy something, whatever. So the gentleman that I went to was like, draw it out, draw what you want. So I drew everything I want, visual management, right? This is what I want. I think if it's into existence, it's gonna come up. So the building that I wanted looked just like this building, but I thought by the time I buy land and I put this building up, I knew this was empty. It's a very small town. Everybody knows everybody, right? The business owners, the building owner's wife came to me and had tremendous results. And I went to her and I said, you know, hey, I really want that building on East High Street. Would y'all sell it to me? No, my husband's not going to sell it. He doesn't want it to sell it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, would you rent it to me? No. There was, and I wish I have some before and after pictures, but it was nothing in here. It was actually like a fertilizer building before. It has bay doors, it's metal, you know, whatever, holes in the ceilings, like it was no air, no nothing. So 
this was like October, November. I went and met with him. I met with his um, son-in-law and they, you know, where they were going to use it, blah, 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 whatever. And so the building I was in leaked. It didn't have air and heat. I put in split units. It didn't keep up. I was spending $75 a week on propane, 20 pound cylinders to run a shop heater was not very good. And so he called me um, New Year's Eve and said, hey, I'll meet you at the building tomorrow. And when we got here, he went from telling me no to I'll do this, I'll do that. So I do not own this building, I rent it, but they went and all I did was ask. It took me three months of asking and asking and asking. They built the office, they built the playroom. He has grandchildren and daughters that came here. So it kind of was like an investment. It made his wife happy. Um, And they invested a lot of money and time into this building. And all I did was ask. And I continue to ask respectfully, obviously, but um, there was other building options to buy, but it just wasn't the one I wanted. And so I just kept seeing it and I said, I want this building. And they have, it has been a blessing. I don't know where I'd be without them. I mean, it's just, they, they invested in Patty Preston Fitness, but they had been watching me for three years. They had been watching me for three years. So it was, it was pretty cool. That is, that is a great story. A lot of times people say, this is a great story. And there's a lot of great story. That's a great story. Okay. (laughs) Last thing that we're going to have time to cover on a a broader base here is one of the things that you've done in the business is you used to be pretty, pretty heavily slanted towards one-on-one training. And um, instead of increasing your prices, I think you said it's been a couple of years since you've had a price increase. You, we can go into that or not if you want, but the main thing is you've shifted, you you figured out, okay, we can give a high level of service to more people at once. So we can still get our revenue where we need it to be, but without raising prices on people. So I'm sure that's probably something that didn't just come all about all at once. There's multiple thought processes, a little bit of agonizing usually for us as gym owners, whenever we want to charge anybody anything. So what's that process been for you? When you sell a service and not a tangible item, it's really hard to go up on your, it's hard to price anyways, right? And people, a lot of gym owners, and I did this too, and a lot of trainers undervalue their time. And we don't, we don't set that standard high enough. Unfortunately, I didn't either. And again, I'm in a community that didn't, nobody worked out here before I did. Nobody, maybe two or three of us were runners. So I personally don't enjoy coaching one-on-one. People don't push as hard. If they don't show up, it's just them and me. It's not a big deal. So I found when you get two people together, especially people, husband, wives, mom and sons, mom and daughters, best friends, I actually have a really cool group of older women that are widows that didn't know each other. There's four of them that we actually partnered them up together because they're on a fixed income and they couldn't afford personal training, but they're intimidated in the big classes. We started a personal training group just for those ladies. And now they go on vacation with each other once a week, once a year for a week. Um, so what I did is I shortened my hour time to 45 minutes. I use the same stretches pretty much every morning. I mean, every beginning of the workout and then their warmups, and then I, I get them into a routine. So we're more efficient with our time. We still have conversations, right? We're still talking, but it's, it's very detailed on managing your time, managing those people in that window of time. And then them, instead of paying one huge amount for me, I'm making more money as a coach in a gym and they're spending less money and they like each other that they're people they're working out with and they show up more often. Yeah. That's um, it's one of those, those interesting things. If you can get the dynamic, right, there's a ton of leverage in it. I think probably the, the example that most people are most familiar with was the CrossFit model, how it evolved from 
you know, one-on-one -on -one personal training to, hey, we're out of time, you're going to get a buddy to, hey, people really like working out in groups. And if you can keep the quality high, you can leverage it. I think sometimes people will argue against different types of group fitness. Uh, for you, you limit your, your group personal training to eight people, right? So, yeah. so it never gets to be 20, 30 people. It's not anything like that. It's not a big boot camp or a park workout. It's still structured training. But like you said, you keep a lot of things consistent. So in the beginning or the end of the workout, people don't, once they've learned it, they've got it, they've got it handled. And your instructional period can be focused on this is the work we're doing today. So you found some efficiency and some leverage by going this route. Yeah. And I also, I should have brought this up earlier in my personal training groups, I offer them the home remote workout. So they're in here twice a week with me and I'm already having people pay for this remote, right? So it doesn't cost me any more to let my other guys have access to it. So they can come in and use the gym other times outside of their personal training times and or, and or they can do the workouts at home that's already written and already out there. So I kind of, that kind of gives them a little bit more bang for their buck, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Any Anywhere that we can add value is always going to, it's going to keep people longer. I think you've said that, you know, you're, you know, 75% of your clients have been around for, you know, near that five year mark. Yeah. So when you keep people longer, they're going to be happier. And, and you haven't taken the, the stance of there really isn't any other place, like where are you going to go? There aren't a lot of options. Like you're still treating it as if there are five other gyms on your street and they could go anywhere. Because the reality is there's online programs now where people could just say, heck with you, I'm, I'm not going to do anything if they don't like you. So right. um, I don't think you want to see anybody go back to the couch. So you yeah. found that balance of keeping it accept accessible, but also not being something where, you know, you have to, to work four jobs to pay the rent for the gym so that you can just have a cool clubhouse. Right. Yep. For sure. Yep. All right. So as we start to wind down here, I like to talk a little bit about the future if we can. Um, you know, we're mostly on the other side of COVID. Uh, economy is looking so-so, but um, you've weathered one storm already. So I don't think you're going anywhere. So what are the, the long-term plans or vision for this? Do you think you'll ever go into another building? Do you think you'll ever have a gym in another town? Is it, is there, are there any specific goals that you still have left to accomplish in this? Yeah. So um, as, as, for me, my personal goals for this is I never want Patty Preston Fitness to go anywhere in this small town. Um, I, I think I stated earlier that my, da my daughters are older. They're 21 and 23. One of my coaches is my 23 year old daughter. So she just started taking on her first personal training clients. Um, she only first started working out in this gym a year ago. So I've been here five and I finally talked her into it, right? I, my dream is for Patty Preston Fitness to stay here, for, for her to take over a lot of this. And me still, I, I, I have a lot of people. It takes a lot of, it takes a, a lot of people to run this village. I have an admin, I have multiple coaches. Um, my admin does all my social media. So it pretty much runs itself. I don't do a lot in Patty Preston Fitness anymore, which is amazing, right? I can leave and things are taken care of. Um, because people care about it as much as I do. Um, I would eventually like to be on the water or at the beach. It's a dream of mine, but I, it's pulled at my heartstrings. My personal goal before opening this gym was to move there before I was 40. And I'm a, I'm a year past that goal because I just can't leave this place yet. It's, I'm just not ready for it. But I would love to go to a, another community that doesn't have a lot of um, functional fitness, women's classes, 
um, my brand kind of and build that up there. I love going, I love doing things that other people haven't done in places that haven't been done before. So I, I'd like that again. And as much as I love this and I love growing it, you know, once it gets to a point that it's kind of running itself, I'm, I get like, oh, what else am I going to do? Right. So I think starting another one in a different location would be really good for my soul to try to build up another one. And if I could get both running, that'd be great. Um, I just don't want to get too big for my britches. You know, I see, I've seen people have small businesses and they get so big that they can't manage it and they lose their core values. I just never want to leave. I want to, I want to work like I did five years ago, 30 years from now. Amazing. All right. Last question. This is going to be an easy one before we have to wrap up here for our listeners. If they want to check out what you're doing, uh, if they're if they're passing through between uh, Virginia Beach and Richmond, if they want to see you, like where are the places to go and find you? Social media websites, give us all that. Yep. So we're pattypressandfitness.com is the website. Patty Preston Fitness uh, is our Facebook and our Instagram. Um, we don't have a TikTok yet. We need to. We've made some TikToks. We do not have our page yet, but um, I'll have to ask my teenage daughters to help me with that or my 20-year-old daughters to help me with that. So eventually maybe TikTok. Look us up. So um, yeah, that's the way to find us. Yeah. TikTok is, uh, is the wave of the future. So everybody who ignored Instagram and regretted it, if they're not... I don't think you have to be on it to be a business right now, but you have to have it in the peripheral. So uh, yeah. Patty Preston Fitness, everywhere you go, check it out. Patty, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. This has been a pleasure. Thank I wish you. you continued success. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Rhett Riddell of R&R Health and Fitness, coming to you from Hillsborough, Texas. Rhett, what's going on, sir? How are you today? Oh, uh, well, I'm great. How are you guys? I am doing tremendously. I appreciate you asking. Now, Rhett, Obviously, we're here to talk about R&R. That's, that's going to be the, the crux of our conversation. And so for a little bit of context and, and some background for people who aren't familiar with the gym or the brand, give us your quick description of R&R. 30 seconds. What is sure. this gym about? Yeah, we're, uh, we're a 10,000 square foot facility in a rural town of Hillsboro, Texas, predominantly a, a farming town. Um, we, uh, started our 22nd year, January 1st of 2022, the start of our 22nd year. Um, we've been established in the same location. Um, we're the largest fitness center in all of Hill County and maybe some of the surrounding counties. We we're the only, uh, fitness center with private locker room, shower, sauna, and aerobics room. 
you know, all the selectorized equipment you possibly can have, plus 8,000 pounds of free weight, you know, six tanning beds, um, about everything that you could possibly want in a, uh, in a fitness center, in a rural setting. I've had so many people say, this is in Hillsboro, and uh, which I take by great compliment. So, uh, yeah, that's who and what we are. All right. And, and so, Rhett, take us back a little bit. Obviously, this is no, this is not a new business. Take us back to when we were getting ready to open up the doors. What was going through your mind? What was the original goal with opening this when you did? Well, the, this has always been my dream. It was always my dream. And um, I, I, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough by my God's grace to be able to do, you know, have my dreams come true. When we decided to do this, my ex-wife at the time, my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, um, she, uh, she would happen to be in between jobs. And I said, you know, maybe this is a great time to actually start building the business plan. And she comes from, an, uh, it, she, actually her uh, degree was in economics with a side in business. And she started building the business plan. As she started building the business plan, all of a sudden things started becoming available. Um, matter of fact, we acquired the building uh, by a local realtor and um, we scheduled an appointment to walk in. When we walked into this, into the facility, which once was a, which actually once was a furniture store, um, he was interviewing another couple out of Dallas and he turned to me and turned to us and he says, where do you guys live? And I said, well, we live right here, right outside of Hillsboro in Peoria. And he turned to the couple and he says, they have the building. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of a, you know, you live local, you get the building. And prior to that, then all of a sudden we started finding equipment and, and we just, you know, it was, we were fortunate that in good planning that we were able to ha open up with our own capital, did not have to go out for a loan. Uh, we already had a couple lines of credit, which I highly recommend to anyone when you're young, establish your credit. You know, it, it, there's, there's nothing better than to be able to lean back on that you don't actually have to go out and search for money. So we were able to open the doors January 1st of 2001 on our own, on our own equity. Yeah handful of years later, just shy of, of two decades later, Rhett, what's been your favorite part about owning your own business? And, and as a follow-up, what's been the most challenging part about owning your own business? Well, the favorite part, of course, hands down, has got to be working for yourself. You know, uh, I'm, I'm self-driven. Um, and I put, you know, when, when I do something, I, I, I put it uh, at the highest priority and I, I want to make sure that I offer the highest quality of service. So the, the most important part is working for yourself. I am kind of a people person. I don't mind speaking in front of people. I kind of am a, a bit of a ham, but if you're a, if you're a former bodybuilder or actually a bodybuilder at all, you, you got to have a little bit of stage presence. And so I just took that right from the stage to the business. And to be honest with you, I call myself a professional bodybuilder because I make my living by doing what I love. Um, over the years, the hardest part of course is coming through by, you know, doing some smart things, paying things off, making sure you have the equity built in for when you go through rough times. We went through the recession of 08, 09. Here we are in another recession um, with, with great equity. So the biggest challenge was, of course, to make sure that we keep our, our revenue flow continually coming in. Yeah. In doing so, we learned that diversity 
honestly, you cannot just depend upon the person coming through the door to pay you a membership. You have to have other diversified uh, income to be able to make it, and, yeah. and especially in today's business. Sure. And so the gym as it stands as of now, what are some of those main revenue streams? Where are we pulling income from? Well, of course, we have um, the reoccurring payment, which is the sure. main thing that any if, if, if any business could have a have have something that you have somebody that's paying it into you every single month, whether they use the gym or not. Of course, we want to see our clients, but, you know, nevertheless, uh, reoccurring payment is the, the smartest thing you can do with any kind of business. We still have the month to monthers and we still have, but the other part is we have our contracts with our large organizations, the city, um, different uh, corporations around town, uh, the school district, et cetera. We have uh, contracts with them. And, um, and then of course we then sell, uh, I mentioned a product line, my own, <clears throat> my own product line, which is Tri-Delta Peck Muscle Fraternity product line. And out of that, we have multi multiple, both men's and women's workout wear. We sell, uh, we are a distributor for Nutrex. And so in Central Texas, we're the, actually the only distributor for Nutrex, the supplement line. Um, <clears throat> we have tanning. Tanning is um, big for us. We have six tanning beds that only two, two of the, the only stand-up booths in all of Hill County. And so there's a big draw to tanning. We have the predominant uh, market share in tanning. So that's, that's pretty much most of our diversity. We just opened up the online store for Tri-Delta Pet. We're local, trying to go national, headed to global is what we're trying to do. Love it. And so full-on growth mode is where we're at. As far as the gym, and, and at least the, the baseline of, of revenue being the EFT memberships, right? Where do your membership numbers stand now as compared to 2019 or early 2020 pre-pandemic? Pandemic, yeah, I would have to say that we actually now have just surpassed 2019. Um, we people have come through COVID, they were tired of being locked up, tired of being inside, they wanted out, they wanted a, a, a good viable option. I am most impressed, I have to tell you, with the younger generation. Um, of course, through COVID, they probably lost grandma, grandpa. Uh, mom and dad, unfortunately, in today's time, the pharmaceutical industry has got a hold on the uh, average American's uh, health. And so these, these younger, this younger generation coming in, um, they are, they are, uh, we're, our, our, our signups have been huge um, from since, I guess, December of 21 to now. I mean, it's been kind of an explosion. And the only, expla only explanation that I have in looking at uh, demographics is, is because COVID, uh, pe people knew that the only control that they had over this, this pandemic was their own health. And that, I think, is what's driving people through the doors. Yep. I, I will say that we, we make sure that we offer a very customer-friendly, diversified uh, approach to things. And um, be honest with you, in the small town atmosphere, still the single best marketing tool is, is, um, is word of mouth. Word of mouth. Sure. And so we've been able to surpass 2019, at least as it stood then. Do you still have room for growth in the facility? Can we still add Absolutely. more people? Absolutely. I will say in our heyday, which was pre-recession 2009, 2010, 
Um, I doubt if I'm probably approaching those numbers, but then I also was a complete monopoly at that time. I was the only fitness center from 2001 to 2009 until the uh, franchise Anytime Fitness tried to or, or opened up here. Uh-huh. Okay. I, um, I, so we have I been actually, higher even than 2019 as far as membership. Is that right? Yeah. When the economy was better and I was a monopoly, absolutely. We, uh, I was able to employ I was able, able to employ, including my my wife at the time, we were able to employ four or five people. We had a smoothie bar. We were the only smoothies in town. Now there's, you know, places, different juice bars and things like that opened up. But um, you, you mix that with the, the size of the facility. Um, we had aerobic classes scheduled three times, four times a week. My ex-wife was a massage therapist. We had the uh, smoothie bar. We had supplements, um, personal training. It was it was the good old days, you know. That was that was the pinnacle of of our of our evolution. Interesting. Okay, and so at least what I'm hearing, plenty of room for growth. You mentioned word of mouth really being a catalyst for that, but with as much untapped potential as you have, has your attention turned to any other sort of marketing strategies? Do you anticipate supplementing that word of mouth with other things? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I have found that, um, you know, local advertisement in, the, in any of the papers, you know, the hard copy stuff hasn't been effective. Right. Um, because nobody reads the newspaper anymore, right? Nobody reads the newspaper anymore. Honestly, you're right. And so I make definitely we backed out of that. And but but understand the politics of a small town. Many times you go ahead and advertise with or for someone in the community, and that just shows that you're supplementing their income as they are supplementing uh, your income. more a goodwill thing than the actual yes. advertising. I see. There, there, there actually is something to be said for that in a small town atmosphere. Yeah. You don't get Playing that in chess. a you know? So we, we moved away from the hard copy kind of stuff. We are definitely involved Facebook. We have just now really started doing uh, meta stuff um, uh, through Facebook, the Instagram, getting more involved. Admittedly, I have to say, maybe it's my, our age, but we you know, kind of had to depend upon, um, matter of fact, my brother-in-law is a computer guru and he's the one now through establishing this online store for the fitness, the, for the, um, the product line, at the same time, we're now really starting to get a lot more involved in the digital media type of uh, advertising. Um, yeah. not I think board. that makes sense. If I, if I could just chime in and I'll, I promise I'll let you continue here in a moment. I, I find that a lot of gym owners that were around in, in the eighties or nineties or the heyday of fitness, if you will, have had trouble adapting, but like it, it's, it's irresponsible to ignore social media as a, a weapon to bring new people in right? It's sort of this necessary evil, if you will. And we just need to need to take the time and the energy to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. We, I knew that, you know, like I said, the only saving grace was here I am in, in a rural community of 8,000. Um, you know, I, I don't quite hold 10% of the market share, but I'm pretty doggone close. So it was, I had my buffer, but absolutely in being a good businessman, you have to recognize that the market is, is uh, ever changing, uh, ever improving. Now, 
do I, I, I'll be honest with you, it's probably going to help me more in the, in the respect of my new product line or my product line I've had. I'm really trying to be pushed out to, to use the, uh, the online digital marketing places. That's really, really where we have had to be pushed. I think it all contributes though, right? When we talk about marketing, typically if somebody walks through your doors to sign up, it's not that they saw one Facebook ad, right? Right. They saw a t-shirt with your gym's logo on it. They saw the sign as they were driving by. They saw, they heard from their buddy that this gym was awesome. And then that one Facebook was the straw that broke the camel's back that inspired them to come in. But it was a combination of all of these different things. And so- I think it's, it's tremendously important that we keep that in mind when it comes to generating leads. Well, Take us to the next step of the, the process yeah. too, Rhett. Obviously, I mean, leads are leads. That's, that's wonderful, but we need that person to translate into a customer at some point. Yeah. So walk us through what a typical sales process looks like. Someone is interested in joining the gym yeah. or interested in a trainer or whatever they're interested in. What is that process typically like? Um, so we can be contacted, of course, by, you know, a landline, a cell phone, um, our email address through our website, uh, Facebook, we have all those opportunities. We do not have an online application process, but only because we're kind of trying to keep that a little more in house, but we do, uh, they can see everything, they can see all our pricing, all the uh, products that we, we offer through our website. Um, and then, of course, uh, they can get all their answers through contacting us through Meta or Facebook or Instagram or any of the above. So we can do a lot of uh, marketing that way. But be honest with you, most of the time, you're right, as they're driving by, I mean, because we are such a large facility and we're only one block off the courthouse square, and it is a major thoroughfare, we our signage helps tremendously. So when they walk yeah. through the door, you know, then the thing that my generation, probably much more so than the younger generation of today, is we still believe in the face-to-face contact. Right. Um, you know, Who my handles biggest- that conversation when somebody comes in? Is it is it you? Do we have... A sales staff or a front desk staff who, who's sort of taking the lead on that uh, well it, it is always me i set the standard okay. uh, but my and my wife um she is now just as good if not better because she's the pretty face she's the soft face she's the one that the ladies will feel a little more comfortable with um you know i'm i'm just this big muscle head you know and but uh but i still once they actually get to know me then they see i have a soft demeanor we have a young man that's in training right now. Matter of fact, we've had to go through the growing pains of trying to find that right employee right now. Someone who was really, really wanting to work that had was self-motivated. And we are fortunate to always have, basically most of our employees have always been a son or daughter of one of our clients who love this place so much. And I've been fortunate with the employees. So I have a young man right now that he has uh, surpassed our metrics for his first month. He is now starting to come out of his shell a little bit. We're having, he's having to learn from my wife and I how to approach that live customer, you know, to jump up and put a smile on your face and greet. Even if they've already members, you, we, we attempt to greet everybody on the way in and everybody on the way out. Yeah. And that's inclusion. That's inclusion. Is this, this new hire that you were talking about, is this a personal trainer or is this a front desk staff? Is this somebody to help with kind of all of the above? Yeah, he uh, he will not be yet trained uh, for personal training for quite some time. Matter of fact, okay. uh, a little bit about his background. Um, 
he is heir to the Tucker Hardware Lumber Throne. He is the oldest son. As a matter of fact, his mom and dad met here. Oh, they didn't meet here. They had already known each other, but they worked out here. They got married. I remember when she was pregnant with him. I remember throwing the kid around the pool at the country club, et cetera, et cetera. So he was a natural fit. He's going, but he. Um, failure is not an option with him. His grandfather said that he was either going to work out of the lumber yard in this 110 degree heat, or he was going to work for me. So um, he's a, he actually is a natural fit. He is going to eventually be trained on everything. Right now he is front desk. He is, um, he is, he's, of course, we're all janitors, you know, um, keeping the place clean. We, we're adamant about a clean gym. I had a lady yesterday tell me, she said, this doesn't smell like a gym. And I said, well, that's due to my wife. She's not going to have us, uh, us old muscle heads sweating around here. We're, we're going to make it sure it smells good. So the presentation, yeah. but he's learning, he's learning how to take care of the business. He's learning the business side. We're really getting him. He's an athlete. So we're really getting him into fitness uh, training or weight training. And the next bastion for him for, at his six-month review, the metric for him is to come out of his shell much more and be that that big personable person that with the great big smile on her face. That's that's his next bastion. Rhett, I want to pick your brain a little bit uh, because you mentioned early on the idea of having multiple revenue streams. And, and for a model, a gym like this, personal training is usually one of those main, main sources of income. A, is that something you guys are looking to grow? And B, is that a conversation you guys have right at point of sale? Or is that a conversation you have with the leads later on? Uh, it, it actually happens just a variety of places. I'm, I'm finding in today's society that many people who may not be, know much about the gym and or may not have that drive, they want somebody standing over the top of them, um, the conversation comes early. Uh, once they come in, they start asking about the gym. Now we pride ourselves on that. We make sure that they go through an orientation process of our, of our equipment. Matter of fact, we, part of your membership, when you sign up with us is you have get a free workout and a free meal plan. Ah, think, okay. Yeah. Does, and, does and, that help convert some people into personal training then do you think? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But what it does actually is we tell them, look, before you want to hire me one-on-one -on -one to stand over the top of you for uh, an hour, first implement this into your lifestyle. Let me give you the tools to make sure that you will come through the door every day and put this into your, and then when you're ready, then let's go ahead and hire me and I'll teach you so much more. My philosophy on personal training is I don't want you to be my client for the rest of your life. I want to teach you enough where that you can go where any, any gym and the rest throughout the rest of the world and be able to walk in and get a workout wherever you're at. Now that seems a little odd. Um, but I, I actually, I, my, my, let's say dance card is full right now. I literally at this moment, if somebody to walk in and want personal training, I'm going to have to hand them to two other people that I personally have trained in this gym. I'm going to have to hand them to them because my, my dance uh, card is full. Okay. Yeah. Are those so, also trainers at the gym or just other people that you are, are they, close with? They are. Yeah. They are also trainers at the gym. I they have, okay. So we have, we have availability, just not with you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. There's definitely availability. I try to make sure that my client who signs up at the gym, if they want, if they want access to that service, they have access to that service. So I have both a female and a male trainer 
both of which I have trained. Um, but they've gone on to get other certifications. But I'll be honest with you, I have found that you can have all the greatest certifications in the world, but that doesn't make you a personal trainer. That's what true. makes you a personal trainer to me is when I see you with my client who just signed up in my gym and I see you working with my client at that point, then you'll have my um, approval or you'll have to go through the training process with me. Mm. And so you can walk in with great, all, all the certifications, but I need to see you working with my client. Yeah. Um, and that's, that is why these two people are trained by me. And one, one is my premier bodybuilder who wasn't interested in, he's a, a former Marine, um, he wasn't interested in bodybuilding before. I said, you have, you have potential. He's now, he and I have been training together for five, six years. The other is a young lady that, uh, she, she was local here, really popular. She needed to know about the gym and I trained her to be a personal trainer too. So they're personally trained through the gym here. And in fact, if I could hand them a cert certification, it would be Rhett Riddell's certification of personal training. <laughs> yeah. The only one that matters right now. The one that matters, right. And so that pretty well covers the, the business currently. Walk me through where you see this thing trending in the future. Do you think that you can get back to 2009 numbers? Do you think you can go beyond that? What's the, what does the future hold here? You know, um, I will say from, I, I will say in the current economy and, and depending upon the politics, et cetera, et cetera, which we don't even want to get into. Um, but I, I'm not really sure that any business is ever going to be back to the 2009-2009 uh, economy. However, the potential still is here. Um, it's just that we, like you said, we got we, we got to get people to work. We got to get people working. Um, I, to have the number of people sign up and the membership that I have in this current economy, oh yeah, there is plenty of room still for growth. I could get back up there. Um, but the economy as a whole is going to have to change for me to be able to do that. Uh -huh. yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Now, I've had opportunities to expand. I've had opportunities to buy other locations, to expand to other locations, et cetera, et cetera. But keeping in mind with my age, here I am, 60. And in four and a half, five years, I want to sell this asset. But I will not sell it to the average uh, person that wants to come down and you know change it into something different. I already have three or four couples who have been grown up, raised right here in this gym, and they are interested in buying the gym from me when I'm ready to sell. Um, I'm not ready to expand. I, I, I don't wanna take, at this point in my life, I'm not ready to take on any more responsibility. I run a ranch at the same, a cattle ranch at the same time, along with this business. And I'm not ready to expand, but somebody who ever buys this business, established as it is, with the equity built into it, they could probably set up uh, R&R Expresses in neighboring towns all around this county. And I thought about selling franchises, honestly, at one point. Yeah. I thought right before COVID hit, I was considering starting to sell franchises. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of the time we gauge success on some of the things that you mentioned, right? How big is the facility? How many locations do we have? But that needs to be balanced with what do we actually want for our lives, right? Yes. Is the time and the energy and the financials invested into it worth the outcome? That's got to be answered by the individual. But for you, you see four or five more years exiting from there. I would say, Rhett, 
it, I, I think it, it goes without saying that not just fitness businesses, but businesses in general that, that make more money sell for more money as well. So I think you have a little bit of work left to do here in the next four or five years and, and still plenty of potential, but it's, well, uh, that, it's gotta this, be good I mean, to see the finish line at, at least in sight, you know? Yeah. You know, when, when I finally decide to sell this place and then like I said, I'm going to be pretty, pretty particular because I've, I've made some pretty smart decisions in my lifetime where um, you, you can come in here and offer me a million dollars for this place. But I'm, if I ask you, what are you going to do with it? And you decide that you want to do something. This is still my community. This is, this is still the, the families that come in here. I've watched their, I'm now into the second generations of watching children grow up in this, in this, I don't need, uh, I don't need a, a some sterilized uh, marketer coming in here and wanting to buy this gym for you know three times what it's worth because I don't need that money. Yeah. What I do want is I want to know that my clientele will still be treated exactly the same way in which I treated them for the last 25 years. Yeah. Now you gotta so find the right I, person, right? Yeah, and I and I, I actually have them. I mean, I have like I said, there's already three people, uh, three three couples that are interested in purchasing this business, and honestly. 20, a 25 year business, um, you know, a state of going through two different recessions, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be a no brainer. Now, the whole reason for the, the pushing this tri Delta peg line onto the, uh, you know, trying to get it globalized is exactly what you're talking about is I want one more revenue stream. When I decide to retire that I can sell, uh, for well worth what I well more than what I put into. Sure. And that's in this next four, in the next four years, Try Delta Pick is I want it to be out there with some of the larger apparel company, so much so that my if I were to if I were to dream big, then I would say I want to be bought out. I want to be bought out by somebody uh, with with it's a larger company because we're competitors. Maybe Amazon. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? A conversation for another day, at least. Rhett, it's a yeah. really good place for us to start to wrap this thing up. But I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I think these types of conversations amongst the entrepreneur community become incredibly valuable to hear what others are doing and, and to know that we're not alone out there. And so I appreciate your time. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. And I wish you nothing but the best, sir. Well, I, and I appreciate this opportunity to talk to you. I too believe very much in what we do here and the fitness industry. And, and I, I, love seeing, um, I love seeing gyms come up and uh and being successful so if there's anything that come out of this conversation that somebody can use i'm all about it fantastic well rhett we'll see you again down the road in some capacity wish you nothing but the best and, and you take care all right all right thank you and to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry Click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. 
To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Sarah and Paul from CrossFit Texas out of Sutton in Ashfield, Not- Nottinghamshire, <laughs> United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. (laughs) I'm excited to have you guys and to talk about your CrossFit gym. Love having CrossFit guests here on the podcast. Gets me really excited. Um, But really before we dive into the business side of things, why did you guys decide to open up this gym? You go, because you started. I I, I came in at the 11th hour, so you go. (laughs) I I started CrossFit straight out of the box and I just loved the all of it. And um, so go, being in a global gym myself, I was like, you know, this atmosphere isn't what I like. And I think that it could be a better atmosphere local. There was nothing local. Uh, there was a CrossFit gym. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just going to go for it. So I literally put everything in. <laughs> I, just went, I just went for it. Took my clients with me and uh, opened it up. And it's grown to uh, be a, like a big community now. It's awesome. Yeah. And then, um, and then say, uh, I, I opened it up with somebody else before. Um, and then they went off and, and to start another career and I was on my own. Um, and I'm, and I'm, not the, I'm not the most organized person. I can coach, and I can program, but everything else was sort of getting on top and Sarah kind of <laughs> saved us. So when did Sarah decide to come along and help you with the business side of things? 2019. Yeah, it was kind of just before the pandemic. <laughs> so yeah, like, before. We had literally a good six to 12 months yeah. of kind of getting everything sorted. Business was looking really good and then boom, COVID hit. But but yeah, so I've been here like, three years, I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So really you built this or you decided to, you know, come on board with this gym because you found that you were not really successful in the big global gym and you wanted something a little different. So you started, you know, at this CrossFit gym. And so now you're able to help other people who might not enjoy that atmosphere in a global gym. Um, For our listeners here, give us kind of an elevator pitch of CrossFit Hexis. Obviously, you know, we know, we know you're a CrossFit gym, but everybody does things a little bit differently. So tell us, you know, what kind of product services that you provide at your facility that way our listener kind of gets a feel for you. Okay, I'm going to go in with all the cliche stuff. We are like the best community that like, people come people come from other gyms or eat CrossFit boxes as well yeah. to us, be it visiting for the day or something. And I said, you've got the best community. And that is something that, you know, you just, you just cannot buy. No. So, and that is the one thing, I mean, we have got a great facility here. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. A lot of people come and visit and say, you've got an amazing facility and that's great, but you can buy that. You can buy a bigger space. You can buy the best equipment. We have just got the most awesome community of people. Friendly, welcoming. Um, we have people that come and drop in from afar. And when yeah. you're traveling by, they'll always drop Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Always. Like, you know, and we have people tra- travel from nearby towns because, you know, they've got a CrossFit gym 
nearby, but they were just going to do the 40 minute drive to us. Yeah. And that just speaks volumes. And that's the thing that we pride ourselves on the most because that's the money can't buy element. And, and we, and we love that. We love love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people join, you know, a gym like a CrossFit gym is because they're looking for a place where they can kind of have a family with them while they're working out. Um, they have they have to know what their what their goals are. Um, they have people motivating them to show up every day. Um, so at your facility, are you guys, you know, doing the typical kind of CrossFit classes or like what if I was somebody interested in joining, what could you offer me in terms of services? So, it, yeah, we have the traditional CrossFit class, the, you know, the functional training, the general physical preparedness stuff. We've got uh, the team class that we, that we named Blitz, uh, which is like a team CrossFit class. We have, uh, we have a strongman bodybuilding, powerlifting mix class that we call Hybrid. And then we have a barbell club, so an Olympic weightlifting club, which is a kind of a, a thing in a lot of CrossFit gyms. We have one all day on a Thursday uh, for people to come in and, um, and try that out. So we've got a mix of, of or um for you to be able to come and do yeah yeah a little bit yeah sounds like you have a little bit of everything let me ask you this if i was somebody who was you know very beginner had never tried crossfit before came in told you hey you know i'm looking to lose about 10 pounds um is that a client that you would be excited and willing to work with yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we love people with goals. I mean, it always makes things easier because some what people come in and just go, I just want to be fit. And it's like, define fit. Yeah. If people's got a specific goal, you know, I've, got, I've got a wedding I need to get to, and, you know, I've got eight weeks, help me. That's easy. Some that, you know, it's tangible, it's smart. We can, you know, it's, it's good. That's something we can work with. I mean, we can do personal training. We've got an open gym space where people can come and do their own thing. Paul does private programming as well. So we can write like a six week program where this can help you jump on a wad we've got an in-house nutritionist as well who's awesome uh and we've got chris too that's got uh, is this body scanner so you can yeah 3d body scans that's done in-house we've got in-house physio and cryo chamber so if you get broke we can fix you <laughs> you know disclaimer we don't plan on, on breaking you but you know it happens you know people injure themselves picking up the shopping don't they so uh so yeah the facilities are great for that but yeah having someone with a goal definitely definitely excites us because yeah. you know we, we love seeing people achieve goals and they do I, they always do yeah it's great yeah i love that you know that you guys are really excited to work with people that have goals i think a lot of times the idea of crossfit can be something that's kind of intimidating for people mm-hmm. um so how would you you know how do you describe it to people like uh, so that they don't feel i guess that intimidation factor we, we get a lot of that. I mean, I would say more than half of the people that maybe message us on Facebook or, or set drops an email like, oh, I've seen it on TV. Um, I don't know if it's for me. It looks really scary. I don't know where to start. And we're like, great, come on, come come to us. We will look after you. We, you know, come for a taster session so you can see what we're about. We've got an awesome two-day induction program. So if you've never even picked up a barbell before, we can guide you through the process. I mean, you will not go out of that two-day course knowing everything there is to know about CrossFit. You know, I've been doing it for four years. There's still a lot of stuff I don't know about CrossFit. And the stuff I do know doesn't necessarily mean I can do it. You know, every everyone is always learning. But it gives them a real solid foundation. You know, they can go away from that induction and be like, okay, I might not have the best power snatch technique, 
but I kind of know what I need to do. I know how to do it safely. And I know that I'm going to have great coaches on board that are going to guide me through the class and help me to kind of get better at that, which will then long-term help with my goals as well. So yeah, I think that once people have done that course, they kind of go away going, yeah, okay, I know the basics. I, I can get through the ward and I know that there's going to be someone there to guide me throughout. So it gives people a lot more confidence then as well. Definitely. I love that kind of approach to things. And so it sounds like you two are really motivated by helping people. Usually there's like a couple of different types of gym owners. One gym owner who's like super motivated by making money and then another gym owner that's like really motivated by helping people. And then there's some people that are kind of in the middle. Um, But from the conversation so far, it sounds like you guys are, you know, really motivated by helping your community. Yeah, Yeah, probably too much. Yeah, Our heart and soul is more in this than you know we're yeah. more invested in it than it invests for us that's yeah. for sure yeah. yeah so my next question for you guys would be you know right now how many members do you guys have at the facility 120 at the minute 120 at the minute 120 members and is that a place where you both feel for the business really comfortable or are you looking to hit the gas help more people grow the community of crossfit hexes for sure, yeah. I mean, we are quite heavily saturated by the Globo gyms in the area, and I think that's always going to be the case. Uh, I think once people come in and, and see what we have to offer, you know, that's once they've got a foot in the door, you know, we do get a lot of keepers, don't we? Um, so, yeah, there's definitely room for growth. We do have a, a huge facility. We can accommodate more people in the classes, etc. I, you know, once it gets to a point where there's, you know, 20 plus people on a class, then, you know, we'll probably have to put the blockers on there. But at the moment, we're, we're okay. You don't kind of see people coming in fighting for space or you know they're not able to safely move so there's definitely opportunity for growth and as long as we're still able to provide that family feel that community spirit then yeah we are we are looking for growth for sure you know yeah and I think that that community type atmosphere no matter if you have 350 members or 120 it's still going to be something that's a part of CrossFit Hexus just because that you guys are so motivated by helping your community I don't think that you're ever going to let that community atmosphere diminish um so you know when you look at your 120 members now and the idea of growth the idea of helping more people what are some of the things that you're doing to grow that community? Looking after, looking after the members. Yeah. We, we um, like we said, our, our, we don't advertise our kind of, you know, here, come and join CrossFit Hexus. You know, we, we concentrate in-house, make everybody happy here and give them the best possible value for the money that they spend here. Because it is expensive for our, for our, our local demographic, the, the membership, and a lot more expensive than a Globo gym. Right. Uh, membership. So we try and give them as much value as we can, then they tell everybody. Because uh, it's so much more powerful coming from them. And like, I lost the amount of people that have lost sort of like 10, 20, 30 kilo, kilos of weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they and their friends go, oh my God, you look amazing. Like, yeah, it's the, my local gym. I love it. I spend X amount of hours there. And that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot comes from personal friends. Uh, people might see us doing stuff on social media but we don't actively recruit I would say we'll we'll tell people if we've got an induction course coming on but we're not ones that post five times a day come to us come to us you know maybe that's what we should be doing but but, you know for us it's worth it we don't want to take on 50 people a month and then struggle with any kind of retention take on a handful of new people a month really get them uh, coached into the program, get them feeling part of the family, then that's that's a nice steady growth for us. That's, we'd be happy with those kind of yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, from the conversation so far, it doesn't sound like retention would ever be an issue for you guys because you're providing so much value to your members. There's so many things that you're offering to them where it's like, Hey, you know, if this person doesn't see the value, like in what you're offering, they're probably not a good fit. Anyway. Um, and so I think that like, even if you were to bring on, you know, a little, a, a few more people per month, I don't think you're ever going to run into a retention issue. You guys have a decent staff, right? You have like five or six staff members, including you or. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, recently, Very it, recently, literally a few, a few months ago, there was, was three of us. It was, yeah. you know, but it has it has grown a little bit more recently. We've uh, again, we've had coaches that um, we host level one certificate here, so CrossFit will come and 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 you know, coach new level one trainers. And the luxury of that is we've been able to um, have some of our existing members attend those courses and off the back of that two of those people now coach for us only on a part-time basis they've got full-time jobs but they just love it they love coaching um and then uh, a friend of ours as well who's relocating you know she was keen to get onto the coaching squad as well so we're like awesome. yeah come on you know more the more the merrier type yeah. of thing so um so yeah there's five coaches now i don't strictly coach i'm more Back office, you know, the front of house, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the plate spinner. Yeah, the, literally the, holding up the building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think it's important that you definitely have somebody that's kind of more focused on the back end. But it sounds like you have a pretty decent staff, even though some people are part time there to really provide that amazing experience to your clients, sure. your current yeah. clients, your new clients. So, you know, in the, the idea of word of mouth, the idea of referrals, I love that method of growth because it's free. We don't have to spend any money um, to grow through word of mouth. We just have to be incredibly kind to our members and provide them the ultimate experience. And they're naturally going to go, they're going to tell their friends and their friends already come in with that trust built up. So we don't have to worry about like trying to build that trust in that client. And that's like the ideal kind of growth. But with that, it's not really predictable. We can't say, hey, this month we're going to predict that we are going to hit seven new clients through word of mouth. Like it's just not predictable. We might have yeah, like, hey, we're going to, well, this month we welcomed seven and then next month we might welcome two. And it's like, there's so much ebbs and flows to that. And for business, like when we look at, you know, the growth of our business and numbers and all of those things, it's not the best thing. So a lot yeah. of people are supplementing with social media. You guys said that you have a pretty decent organic social media presence right now. Um, sure. Are you bringing leads at all through your social media? Like, are you reaching new clients through your current efforts or is it kind of like previous clients and friends of clients and things like that? It's more friend spread, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, when you look at the reach, it, but people that react to our stuff is, is mainly people that are already yeah, in our audience. Yeah. So we're not actively like growing that too much. You know, we're not yeah. been, you know, increasing our follower base or anything like, like that. So it is, it is more just people that might have been, shall we say, lurking for a bit, kind of just watching what we're doing for a bit. They might be a friend of a friend or they've seen us do something locally. But yeah, we're not, we're not got a massive reach, have we? No. Yeah. And I think that when we think about social media, it's a great way for us to reach those people that are living in our town, in our community, who probably have been super intimidated by the idea of group fitness or CrossFit. 
And they never even thought to Google it or walk into the gym because they're scared. So if we can like put something out on social media to reach those clients and show them like, hey, you know, we're really nice people. We're not intimidating at all. CrossFit's really fun. Come join us. Um, it's, it's the best way for us to reach more people. Um, so are you guys completely opposed to the idea of utilizing social media a little bit more to grow the business? Not at all. It's, yeah. it's, it's more a time thing, you know, like yeah. say it's, it's, it's predominantly been Paul and I for the last two years before the team grew yeah. and it has been surviving the pandemic keeping control of costs obviously we you know we lost a lot of well we didn't lose a lot actually that's that's unfair we 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 um we we did have some loss of of income over the over the pandemic um again thanks to the amazing community we have we were able to stay open you know some gyms and certainly other small businesses weren't as fortunate as us so we were able to still keep paying the bills but there was some you know, regrowth required and it's just been, you know, what is the priority and, yeah. you know, whilst we were closed, right. we had a bit of a refit, we kind of wanted to freshen it up for our existing members. We did buy some new equipment, you know, not that they thanked us for it when all the <laughs> <laughs> new assault bikes turned up. Um, but, um, but uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just something that kind of sits there that we know, and we know we should do more of it. We know we should, right. we know we should be pushing that a bit more. Um, we're more, we're more concentrate on, on like, like say what we give the members yeah. you know, when we're in, in coaching and stuff the last thing that we do is pull our phone out and take a video mm. because we're kind of like coaching around and, we'll, and then somebody will be talking to Sarah Sarah can you come and have a look at this and like um, have you got those t-shirts and like you know and we're, and we're walking around and before you know it um, the class is done and, day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're turning the lights up for like did, yeah. didn't take any videos from social media <laughs> yeah. you know yeah so is the main reason why you guys haven't done it yet, is it time or is it money? Or would you say it's kind of a, a combination? I would, of say, I would say a combination. Combination? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's really hard. The first reason, you know, finance, financially, like it's hard to think about spending money on something if we don't know for certain it's going to benefit us. And so I think that's where a lot of us like get really, really scared in this industry um but we can't be scared like to make money we can't be scared but all of us are um yeah. and time-wise like there's only 24 hours in a day and people don't realize that being a gym owner is really really hectic um oh, yeah. hours in a day so super fast um and you so no idea. <laughs> and so i think it's just a matter of if we you know figure out a way to make this a part of um our day-to-day because we understand that it's something that will help us go to that next level is the best kind of like mind switch that we can um, make for ourselves. But um, kind of want to move on from this, this piece here and ask you guys a few more questions while we have some time. And the first question, the next question that I have for you guys is, you know, when you look at um, the business, what's one of the biggest challenges for you guys right now? And what are you doing to kind of combat that and overcome it? Yeah, the biggest the biggest challenge at the at the moment for us is the is the local climate. Uh, what's going off at the moment? Um, rising fuel costs and cost of living and everything that's that's increasing, and people struggle to see the value in 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 a gym membership because it's seen as a luxury. They can't see the um, the the negative impact that not exercising would have. And during the lock during the the pandemic when we're all locked down, we try to work out at home, and it's just not. We, can't, we couldn't do it. It's so important to people, but it's hard when 
you're seeing your bills increase and you just you can save yourself you know six to quid a month right there uh, but that that seems to be the biggest problem for us at, at the moment is is uncertainty for people and people not wanting to yeah spend a little yeah. bit extra for sure i mean with global gyms popping up everywhere and like don't get me wrong that is an effective form of fitness for some people but not yeah. everybody and with these gyms popping around and they advertise like hey you know $20 per month memberships, like for so many people, their money, like we're motivated by money. Right. And so yeah, we're yeah, sure. like cheap, cheap membership. We're going to go there. We're not even going to think twice about it. And then like exactly. after a while we get frustrated because we're not reaching our goals there. And that's when we look into other things. And so what are some of the things that you guys have done so far to make yourself stand out amongst those global $20 a month uh, gyms? Again, I think it's just making when we do get people in, we do, you know, we do tend to keep them. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have a lot of people that have been here for mm. a long time. And we and I think it is, it's a service element. It, we are in a service industry, despite what you know people people might think. It's not just let people come in, use the equipment and off they go. We, we are here to, to service people, yeah. to look after them, yeah. to make sure, you know, the amount of people that come in that have had like the worst day at work, you know, they feel really bad, they've yeah. eaten a load of rubbish and they're like, I don't even know why I'm here. And, you know, for them to then turn around full circle after an hour and go, oh, I'm so glad I came, you know, this is, this is what I needed. Yeah. That, you know, that just, that's what we love that, you yeah. know, the fact that we can just make people feel happier that day. And, you know, that, that does a lot for us, isn't it? So, yeah. 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 That's how, that is how we stand out. Yeah. And then they have to go there. The amount of times that people go to a global gym and when I worked in one, mm. they go in, exercise, leave. If they get that far, you yeah. kind of go in and go, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah, I, I mean, for most of us, that's what go, we do. You know. Yeah. Or, or, pay, or pay 30, 40 quid an hour for a personal trainer. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah I, they've got their friends, they've got community, they've got people to, you know, great coaches, great people to just make them feel like, you know, it's worth it. It's worth yeah, coming today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then so it's just a matter of like, hey, once we get these people in the door, we can show them the value. Like it's, it's a no brainer. They're going to see like that we're much different than this gym and it's worth the extra, you know, that you're paying every month. Um, to come visit us. Um, and so big kind of like loaded question here. And that is if I could hand you guys a magic wand and I said, all right, Sarah, Paul, all your dreams for CrossFit Hexus have come true. You've reached all your goals. What would that big picture look like for you guys? Oh, what do you think? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I know you're keen on another unit, and I'm like, no, let's get this one right. <laughs> Paul would have, like, franchises, I'm sure. He'd have, he'd have six of these. Uh, it would be difficult to replicate this, though, yeah. I think. You know, we this is so unique. This is something so, so special. But, you know, just to just to be able to, you know, if you, the bills were paid. In, in the ideal world, I'd give everybody what we can do yeah yeah exactly we don't we don't want to we don't want to have massive high price tag driving around in flashy cars that's that's not us you know we want people to kind of go away happy and you know we'll keep the price reasonable so that people can you know get our bills are paid the equipment is is as good as what we need again we haven't got the flashiest equipment we haven't we we see some of the competitive gyms and we're like yeah they've got all the latest rogue stuff you know yeah. Our community, though. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they can keep all that fancy new equipment. Yeah. You know, so. 
I think that like a lot of that's where a lot of people go wrong is like they think about oh like if we buy this new equipment the people are gonna flow in and that's not yeah. how this works like I think the best gems are the ones with the old dusty equipment <laughs> amazing 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 community I went to a gym here and I'm visiting Tampa and I went to a gym you know this weekend and um it was super dusty and old in there, but the community was so great. Like I was a new person walking in and almost everybody there like said, hi, stroke, struck up a conversation with me, asked me like what I was training for. And like, that's the best feeling ever is like when you're a part of that community. And so I think that's what sells, right? Yeah. So you want to continue yeah. to grow that and build this ultimate, you know, um, community when you look at um you know 120 members where is where you're at right now if you could have the community at a certain spot like what would that look like in terms of numbers for you guys like how many members would you love to have to fill the space I think we we could accommodate double like I do think we could I mean it would need to be like a slow progression but we do have a huge huge space we do uh, you know square footage wise we, we see some gyms that fit 20 people in half the size so yeah. there's no reason why we couldn't have you know six classes a day with 25 people in but we have got the space nice. for that yeah, so it wouldn't even be full yeah like you know it's and it, a lot of it like we see some classes that have some gyms that like services that are small that have 18 people in a class yeah. and we have 16 maximum and our guys are like oh gosh it's tight in here we're like <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. yeah yeah for sure I think like especially with you guys, you know, offering open gym, that being a big part of what you do, like realistically, you can continue to grow the community and you'll know when it's like, Hey, you know, we like literally can't take on any more members. And a lot of times I think we underestimate ourselves too, because if we have 340 members or whatever it might be, like not all 340 people of are course. getting everything. They're not, they're not all the <laughs> Friday, are they? Yeah. So, cool. I think once the classes start getting to a point where they're like full, we could probably, at the minute we capped at 16 per class and some classes do get super full and then we do get wait lists sometimes. We could eke it out a bit more and kind of get people used to using a little bit less space. But we, and if it started to feel cramped, then I think we would like draw the line. But we're not there yet. We're not. So I think we have got, we still have got plenty of room for growth yet, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited for you guys, like to see how you're able to continue to grow this CrossFit community over where you're at. And um, I'm excited to follow along for the journey. What's the Instagram handle or the Facebook page? Where can our listeners go? We are CrossFit Hexes. That's what it says on the tin. <laughs> <Come find it. laughs> Easy enough. Thank you guys yeah. both for being here today. I really appreciate your insight. Um, listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.